Welcome to the Crosstower Market Color Call. It's Friday, November 19th. I'm Martin Gaspar, research analyst, and with me is our trader Chad Steinglass and data scientist Catherine Webb. Chad, how is the market looking this morning? It's an interesting uh, morning to, to start this Friday, Martin. Uh, on the macro front, uh, taking a look at U.S. equities, it looks like it's kind of all quiet on the front. However, under the hood, there's a lot going on. Um, we're seeing strength in the NASDAQ really um, on the back of just mega cap tech. But what it looks to me like that trade is kind of a flight to safety trade. Uh, there's a lot of worry coming from headlines out of Austria of, uh, that they're going back into a national lockdown. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Germany is going to follow suit and that there's really another, uh, another wave of COVID hitting really hard uh, in these uh, Eastern European, uh, European countries. And what that's doing is sending uh, the euro plummeting. I'm uh, seeing uh, <clears throat> the, the pound and the euro really selling off on uh, some more statements from uh, the ECB saying that they're, you know, it's way too early to think about raising rates. Uh, you know, they're really looking at uh, this, this, uh, this other wave of COVID is putting us right back into kind of more of the same. So what we're seeing right now is actually the dollar very strong, um, right back up to uh, to 18 month highs, uh, kind of blowing through the highs that even we saw earlier in the week, uh, even while at the same time we're seeing rates coming down. So we're seeing, um, you know, treasuries higher, rates lower, dollar higher. Uh, it's really a, uh, kind of a, a, a weird macro market right now uh, where it looks like uh, the market is being supported more by, as I said, a flight to quality where people just don't want to, uh, people are are not comfortable owning anything other than like US mega cap. Um, and they're comfortable owning dollars and they're comfortable owning treasuries. And so even though we're in an environment where everyone expects rates to go higher, and even though we're in an environment uh, where inflation is high, we're getting a strong dollar, strong treasuries, strong stocks. Um, so that's something that it, I am definitely watching with a little bit of uh, you know wariness, because even though it looks like the macro environment looks good just by looking at those prices, what's going on under the hood is potentially problematic. Uh, focusing on crypto, you know, this has obviously been a uh, quite a rough week. We've been, um, you know. All of last week, we're kind of like trading around in chop uh, and really starting Monday, uh, the sellers just kind of took over. Um, you know, prior to Monday, it's been choppy, but the buyers were still in control of the chop. And now that uh, kind of structural uh, support bids is, is fading. And so we're starting to see basically that the sell inventory seems to be still constant, but the, uh, the buyers are starting to step back from the sideline step back to the sidelines. And that's been creating um, you know, a pretty severe downtrend throughout the week. Uh, still watching for a time when either A, buyers step back in with any confidence, or B, that the sell inventory, which I believe um, you know, might be associated with uh, anticipation of the Mt. Gox distribution and an increase in supply from that. Uh, but, you know, basically waiting for signs to see that the sellers and the sell inventory is starting to dissipate or that, um, you know, buyers are stepping back in and gaining some confidence. Um, you know, that might happen at 
today, it might happen next week, and it might happen next month. So we're kind of, and that's what I'll be watching, kind of just kind of watching price action and watching, uh, you know, the aggression levels and and kind of like what size it looks like uh, buyers or sellers have to do. All right, back to you. Thanks, Chad. Turning to some other crypto news, BlockFi is being scrutinized by the SEC over its product, which pays customers high interest rates for lending out their digital tokens, according to a report uh, from Bloomberg. The SEC is focused on whether these accounts should be deemed securities and therefore require registration with the regulatory agency. Individual states, including New Jersey and Texas, have already acted against BlockFi. Maple Finance, a lending protocol which specializes in liquidity pools made up of institutions, has launched its first DeFi syndicated loan to Alameda Research. There are currently two other unnamed institutional investors involved in the DeFi syndicated loan, and these are restricted to accredited non-U.S. institutions with all having been through AML and KYC processing. Fidelity has become the first Bitcoin custodian approved by Canadian regulators. The company will launch its service in the form of a Bitcoin trading and custody platform catered to Canadian institutional investors, including pension funds, mutual funds, and ETFs. On the Twitter front, all eyes last night were on the big Sotheby's auction, um, and Constitution Dow um, ended up, <clears throat> their bid was not successful. The group raised around $47 million in total. Um, but lost its bid to buy a rare U.S. Constitution copy in a record-breaking auction, with the copy selling for $43.2 million. All contributors to Constitution Dow will be able to get a refund of their contributions minus gas fees through the Juicebox protocol. While the Dow's bid failed, many are celebrating it on Twitter, um, saying it's notable that over 10 million of ETH came from wallets that made their first ever Ethereum transaction, and that the raise was financed primarily by small donors, with only 187 of the 17,000 wallets that donated, um, you know, putting in amounts greater than 5 ETH. Also in that auction, a pair of paintings from artist Banksy sold for a combined 3,093 ETH, roughly $12 million equivalent in an auction. Uh, and this is the first time that the auction house has denominated a sale in cryptocurrency. Um, so interesting to see the uh, increasing adoption of ETH there. With that, let's pass it over to Catherine now to discuss some crypto funding news. Thank you, Martin. KKR & Co has um, set to lead a Series D investment round into Anchorage, a digital asset bank which would value the bank at $3 billion. It's also being reported that Fireblocks, which is the custodian, is in the process of raising um, a fundraising round with a valuation of $8 billion. The Digital Currency Group has announced the completion of a debt capital raise which will provide a credit facility for up to $600 million. Elderidge uh, led, has led both the round and serves as the administrative agency. The company will use the debt to finance and enhance their operation, their financial capabilities, and will reduce the cost of capital by fueling growth of its investment portfolio and its wholly owned subsidiaries. Gemini Trust is looking to raise 400 million in a funding round, which would value the company at 7 billion. This is being reported by Bloomberg, citing people with knowledge of the matter. Consensus has said that it's raised 200 million, which values the company at 3.2 billion, and investment came from HSBC and US hedge fund at third point. 
the Oasis Foundation has launched a $160 million fund with investment from Dragonfly Capital Partners and others. The fund will be used to seed early seed projects building on Oasis that includes DeFi, NFT, Metaverse, data tokens, and data decentralized organizations. Um, current, it's currently being reported that investment uh, funding offers for NFT platform OpenSeas would place the company's valuation at 10 billion. This has been reported by the information who stated that the company did not initiate the new fundraising process. Finance US said that it will close its pre-IPO fundraising round within the next two months, with the exchange hoping to raise a couple of hundred million dollars during the round. This was announced at Bloomberg's a new economic forum in Singapore today by Binance's C CEO, and he also announced that the company has set an entity for its global headquarters and is currently communicating with regulators around the world but did not name the location. Block Demand has announced two new strategic investors in Tiger Global Management and JP Morgan Chase Strategic Investments. And the company also announced today that it's acquired AnyBlocks Analytics, which is an infrastructure, infrastructure platform and a node hosting service. Some mining merger news. Bloomberg is reporting that Prime Blockchain is in talks to go public via a SPAC merger with 10X Capital Venture Acquisition. The merger is looking to raise at least 150 million through private investment for the deal and values the combined entity at approximately 1.5 billion. Bitminer has said that its Q4 revenues will fall 20% while its mining pool, btc.com, completely exits the Chinese market. The company is working with existing users in China to help migrate current mining machines to different companies. The company recorded a Q3 revenue of 404 million, which was down 9% from the previous quarter. And ending on some protocol partnership news, Portal has announced a strategic partnership agreement with Polygon. And the partnership aims to advance Bitcoin's functionality within the DeFi market using zero knowledge swap functionalities for wrapped Bitcoin. Binance has completed its integration of Arbitrum's one mainlet, which is a scaling solution for Ethereum, which will allow uh, users to deposit Ethereum via Arbitrum's layer one, um, sorry, will allow users to deposit Ethereum via Arbitrum's one layer two, which means that users can interact with the protocol directly without having to use an Ethereum bridge. DeFi platform Akara has won the first Polkadot parachain slot auction, and the project has committed 1.3 billion in DOT tokens from 81,000 wallets and will be onboarded on the 18th of December. And finally, Bacon Protocol, which is a DeFi mortgage lender, has minted the first of seven mortgages as NFT offerings. The interest rate for each NFT mortgage ranged from 1.5% to 3.1% on properties in four US states. And that's all the news I have for you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Back to you, Martin. Thanks, Catherine. And thank you for listeners for tuning in. Please check out crosstower.com for more market news and updates. Thanks for listening.